0: Hello and welcome to the Morning Sports Briefing here on the 7th of May. Hi, I'm Paul and I'll be your host today uh, on New Zealand Sports Radio because this is your best way to start the day up to date with all the important sports news, even if there isn't much of it going around. The Bundesliga is coming back. Lord's uh, first summer without cricket in over 200 years. Um, chaos in Australian rugby administration Uh, channel nine exec has a crack at the NRL and Sport New Zealanders dig deep for support of the community sport and you've got to say that uh, the mess in the Australian um, uh, sort of administrations and arguments they've had have kept us going this month so thank you very much Australia for not having your house in order around your administration it has helped us an awful lot and we're going to go straight on to football news then and a country that does have its house in order is Germany. Um, Apparently, uh, Angela Merkel came out yesterday uh, to say that they were going to be um, reducing their um, lockdown measures. And one of those that they were reducing would would mean that um, the Bundesliga would be able to restart this month. So yes, um, German football uh, is expected to be back up and running within the next couple of weeks. Um, So Look out for that, folks. We're going to have some top-flight competitive sport back at last, and that is no—well, um, that's no slight on the Belarusian league. Let's be honest; it's not been um, top-tier football. Um, also, the in over in the UK or in England, the Managers Association has come out and said that the Premiership could be cancelled if clubs do not get on board with the idea of neutral venues. Um, there have been calls. From some of the teams that are threatened by relegation so the integrity of the of the competition would be brought into doubt if they had to play at neutral venues um, even though they'd be playing behind closed doors uh, at home so um, it's all getting it was what it looked like the premiership or the Premier League over there was getting things in order uh, it's all fallen apart in the last couple of days as self-interest takes hold so it's going to be interesting to see what happens over there in the EPL. Uh, they still have a number of games to play in a short period of time. And a lot of people using the word integrity recently around that sport because of potential rule changes um, and also venues um, there. Let's now move on to our cricket news. And I'll hand you over to Ashwin for um, that news on 200 year old um, um, presidents. We're talking here, not Ashwin, are we? I mean, they've played through world wars. They've played through through other Um, Flues and things but this one really has stopped them in their tracks
2: yeah basically it's uh yeah well good morning paul actually and good morning to the listeners and viewers out there but um yeah basically it's sort of if there's no cricket happening it'll be absolutely as you say you've had a couple of world wars in that period who now who knows what other wars i mean you'll be a very au fait with english um, history in terms of what wars have gone on outside (laughs) of two world wars um and, and Spanish flu would be the big one that's been mentioned around, um, you know, pandemics as it goes in terms of uh, measuring up to COVID. So, um, yeah, the first time in 233 years that there is the chance that there will be no play at Lords, And so the MCC will have no income. So basically what we're looking at there, if there is no... Further cricket at Lords this summer, it will have cost them 30 million pounds. Now, that 30 million pounds of loss would have been made up by hosting two test matches, an ODI against Australia, the 100 group games and final. So, the final for the 100 is played at Lords, as well as the domestic T20 fixtures. Now, there's no guarantees that the final for the T20 would be played at Lords because it goes to the um, top qualifier effectively so that's where the 30 million pound loss would have been made up but i mean again the more the historical fact that no play at lords for 233 years the, the losses um that i've just mentioned will be offset now get this 300 new life memberships have been sold bringing in 15 million pounds <laughs> I, I i ran short of time so i wasn't able to get my calculator out but what's, what's that? Two million pounds each? Oh no, no, more than two, that's more than two
0: million pounds each. Yeah, that's
2: no, three hundred, <laughs> right? Yeah, and fifteen. Oh, sorry, yeah, no, my maths is as good as those um, um Americans. Um, three, yeah. But anyway, that's a lot of lot of money coming in. But the, the initial intention of that fundraising was actually for the fifty-two million pound redevelopment of the Compton Edrich
0: Stand. So, so yeah, so that's so uh, folks, that's fifty thousand pounds each for those life memberships. Um, and unsurprisingly, they're asking, they didn't mention the county ca- county championship games because of having been to the county championship game at Lords, uh, you get about well, 15 to 20 people in the stands, which is, uh, it makes it makes for a, a surreal experience watching cricket in a ground uh, that is that big with so few of you there.
2: It, it, it's interesting, as you say, you mentioned fict- effectively first-class cricket, their four-day format, and globally, it seems to be a man and his dog watching at the ground generally. Yep. Yeah, look, moving on to um, not a lot of other news, but um, picking up this nice little bit, and if we get a chance, we might discuss this on the show tonight, is DRS leading to more LBWs. So basically, in the past, if you plant your front foot down the pitch, the umpires were in enough doubt, usually not to award an LBW, uh, particularly for a spin bowler. But it appears that with the DRS system, the umpires are getting more confident. Now, there's been a few other things that have actually led to this as well. So basically, now you're starting to see a little bit bit more of the umpires, particularly with the spinners, is that when their front foot's going down the pitch, they're starting to get that finger up to award the LBW as a wicket. Now, looking at a bit of analysis around this, Possibly this is because the spinners are starting to actually bowl a lot straighter than they have, in, historically speaking, so there's more wicket to wicket, and you've got the right armers that are going more round the wicket to the left-handers, and then straightening the ball up. So whilst the um, statistics pretty much show uh, par for par in terms of prior to DRS to now and with DRS for fast bowlers with the spinners, seventeen percent of the spinners dismissals were given out LBW prior to DRS, and that's now up to 21% of LBW decisions under DRS. So that's that's basically just showing that if, if you're a spinner, you like DRS, I think. And as I said, if we get a chance, we'll um, discuss that on the show today. So make sure to join Rohit, Taran, myself at 8 p.m. New Zealand time. So if you're in Australia, Hugh, that's at 6 o'clock for you. Tonight on Swinging from the Hip, right here on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter, and make sure you take us on for on your journeys uh, using podcasts available on iHeartRadio. Paul, that's the cricket news, and we'll see everybody here at eight PM tonight.
0: Thank you very much, and Look, I've got my cricket jersey on, all, all special for you because you've got your cricket show on this evening. And don't forget, the podcast is available on iTunes, Spotify. Uh, Acast and all your other podcatchers as well, not just iHeartRadio, as much as uh, Stephen seems to love iHeartRadio. So Stephen, um <laughs> I'll hand over to you for the birthdays today. Oh, yes,
3: iHeartRadio, that's my favourite. Paul, good morning everybody, tuning into New Zealand Sports Radio. In birthdays today, the man they call Shag and a Warriors legend, and that's where we start this morning. Stacey William-Jones, born this day, the 7th of May, 1976, is a New Zealand former professional rugby league footballer who has been named amongst the greatest New Zealand has ever produced. He played as a halfback, but he has also briefly played at first five eight during his distinguished career, which included 46 tests for New Zealand between 1995 and 2006. Stacey James, who turns 44 today, is the first and only life member of the New Zealand Warriors Club, who holds the records for the most appearances, tries and points which he held at the time of his retirement. The man they call the little general was awarded the Officer of the New Zealand Order of Merit for services to Rugby League in 2006. Absolute legend. Warriors could do with his sort of player at the minute. And moving on, Sir Stephen William Hanson, born this day, the 7th of May, 1959, is a New Zealand Rugby Union coach and former Rugby Union player. He's the former head coach of the All Blacks having stepped down at the end of the 2019 Rugby World Cup. Hanson began his career with Canterbury in provincial rugby from 1996 to 2001. During his tenure, the side won the NPC in 1997 and 2001. In 1999, 2000 and 2001, he was the assistant coach to Wayne Smith and then Robbie Deans for the Canterbury Crusaders. Hanson was the head coach of the Welsh national team, becoming the ninth... Wales coach in 13 years after Graham Henry parted company with the Welsh Rugby Union in 2002. He stepped down from the Welsh Welsh coaching role in 2004, returning to New Zealand as an assistant All Black coach to Graham Henry, a position that he held until 2011. In 2012, he took over as the head coach and saw the All Blacks through one of their most successful periods in their history with 86.92 success rate which included a 2015 Rugby World Cup in England. The 61-year-old is now a knight companion of the New Zealand Order of Merit, services to rugby, the man they call shag, Steve Hansen.
0: Two legends there, team. Back to you, Paul. Thank you very much, Stephen. And um, last night on the Do You Know Sport, one of our Who Am I's was Honey Haramai, who you've had uh, on the birthdays recently. And Ashwin didn't remember her. It's like, Ashwin, you've not been paying attention during the birthday sections. Um, Ashwin was, one of, our, was oh. one of our contestants last night on Do You Know Sport. Obviously, you can catch that on the Facebook page. Oh, it, was, it, it, it was
2: a stage fright. It was a stage fright. I was thrown in at the last minute coming off the bench. I still had the um, splinters in my backside from sitting on the pine.
0: Oh, dear. Excuse <laughs> the violins that have been played for, for Ashwin. <laughs> Moving on to rugby union news. Um, and uh, yesterday, the new um, uh, person who was expected to be announced as uh, Railing Castle's replacement has resigned from the um, Rugby Australia board. Um, that was Wiggs. Uh, he apparently had um, suggested that he wanted to appoint a, another uh, person at, on the board and appoint the chairman of the board as well. Uh, sorry, chairman of Rugby Australia as well without um, any due process around interviews or applications. Uh, Quite rightly, the board turned around and said, no, that's not going to happen. And uh, Wiggs decided that he would throw his toys out the pram uh, and resign and leave. He'd only been on the board for about a month, um, had been key in the uh, negotiations with players. Uh, And interestingly enough, on on the Sydney Morning Herald, they mentioned his relationship with someone from Fox Sports might be good for the Fox Sport. Uh, t- um, TV negotiations, yeah, good for Rugby Australia or good for or good for Fox. That's got to be the question there. Um, so yes, it looks like uh, so he has gone now, um, and uh, it looks like Rob Clark um, is going to be the interim boss um, as uh, Carol confirms his uh, long-term interest. So uh, yeah, all change at the top there, uh, and we sometimes say a week is a long time in sport. Uh, in uh, Australian rugby at the moment, uh, two days seems to be an absolute eternity uh, and the, uh, change things around. So we'll let you know how that develops over the coming weeks or maybe even just week, um, the way that it's the, the speed that it's moving at the moment. Uh, the All Blacks have come out and said they're ready to play um, uh, the um, uh, the Wallabies uh, at, at for the Cup as soon as the borders get open. So with... Jacinda Ardern uh, attending the uh, Australian um, uh, Cabinet's meeting the other day and uh, the potential of a uh, uh, Australasia bubble. You've got to say that the Bledisloe Cup could be the first international rugby that is back up and running. Maybe, maybe, just maybe we might see Sam Kane run out as captain of the All Blacks um, this year. Over in South Africa and um, Francois Stern has, has said that uh, South Africa should move away from um, Sansar and align itself um, with Europe. Now, clearly Sansar came out the other day and said, no, 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 that's not going to happen. South Africa, Australia, New Zealand, and Argentina have all signed up to Sansar for the next decade. But there have been lots of talk, obviously, of a trans-Tasman competition replacing Super Rugby, uh, and now um, Stein has come out in Africa suggesting they should move north as well. So, uh, there have been at times talks of a blank sheet of paper for uh, rugby's uh, sort of calendar uh, and structures. Let's be honest; it never has been totally blank. There have there are pieces on there that would still exist afterwards and have to be accommodated. Um, but it still, but it does seem that change could be happening. There's a lot of people uh, engineering for it at the moment, and we'll see um, how that goes. Uh, Stein also came out and said that he is going to. Are is still going to keep playing um, with the hopes of playing in the Lions for South Africa in the Lions tour next year. That gets you up to new, up to date with all the rugby news. I'm going to hand you over now to Stephen to bring us up to date with the league. Thanks again, Paul. The shots keep firing in the NRL.
3: Nine Entertainment Chief Executive Hugh Marks has fired another salvo at the NRL, saying it's not a given. The league is part of the network's future. Marks' comments come as delicate discussions continue with the NRL over how much it will pay to broadcast this year's reject competition. While stakeholders continue to press ahead with the May 28 restart date, it remains unclear how much the game will receive from Nine and Foxtel. We have have had to be hard. We have agreed to nothing this year, Mark said during a conference hosted by Investment Bank Macquarie on Tuesday. There is no government on value for for how long it's given that the nrl has to be part of our future it has to just pay its way like all of our content does and if it doesn't well again we are less reliant on that as a revenue source it was only last week that nine and Foxtel signed off on the nrl commencing its restructured season later this month but new financials were not clear nine newspapers went on to report that its network is looking to duck, deduct 28 million from the 118 million it agreed to pay the league for the season. Marks predicted that the broadcasting the game this year would run at a loss. So uh, there you go. It'll be interesting to follow that story and see where we go moving forward. And uh, just a, a story uh, from the Kiwis, New Zealand skipper Dylan Watini Zeliak the game can figure out a way to include some international matches at the end of the season despite the global COVID-19 pandemic. With the end of the year, internationals up in the air and state of origin rescheduled to the uh, postseason after the Telstra Premiership Grand Final at the end of October, Dylan uh, Watini-Zelniak said a loss of tests could kill the momentum the international game has been building. At his club's a first line on media opportunity, since the code was forced into a hiatus in March, before the scheduled May 28th resumption, the Bulldogs fullback said there had been a video conference call between the players and staff of the Kiwi squad during the hiatus to keep everyone connected. It would be awesome to get a game out. It's the pinnacle for us as Kiwis. We don't have origins, so international is the highest we can go. Circumstances are different at this time. We'd love to get out and play for the Kiwis. We'll have to see what the NRL do, but you've never turned out an opportunity to play for your country. So there we have it in the league news this morning. Have a great day, everybody, and we'll see you again tomorrow morning.
0: Thank you very much, Stephen, for the updates on the league. Moving on to other sports now, um, or more to point, actually funding of other sports. Um, sports New Zealand Uh, is going to dig into its cash reserves uh, and offer up a $25 million uh, relief package targeted at the community and regional sports bodies. Uh, You've got to say that with a lot of clubs uh, reliant on the, A, the money that comes over the bar and B, the money from various gambling trusts around the country, um, that uh, a lot of sports and a lot of sports bodies are going to be, a lot of regional bodies are going to be in a lot of financial difficulty. Uh, And so this $25 million is going to be a very important uh, lifeline for some of those um, clubs. Um, Also the TAB, which obviously also funds a lot of the uh, sports, depending on on how much betting is on each sport, um, has said that they are looking um, at at, uh, reducing their headcount by 30%. Um, that is believed to represent something around the around 160 jobs um, there at the TAB, which is run by the horse racing um, industry. Um, they have claimed four million dollars uh, in wage subsidies for their 595 employees um, so far. Uh, but let's be honest: uh, the, the the takings at the TAB will be down, even though people have been betting on things like Russian table tennis, Armenian snooker, and a Belarusian football. Uh, the actual takings are down uh, or must be down. So you've got to say that that's, uh, this doesn't come as a major surprise. At 2pm today, we have got the long talk with Mike Watson, the international beach volleyball player. So dial in for that. And we will be back here at 8am every single morning so you can start your day the best way, up to date with all of the important sports news. Thank you, Artwin. Thank you, Stephen, Uh, and uh, have a good day, everybody.